Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store for you. And I have to give you a last minute reminder that Monday, November 23rd, is the That Sounds Fun podcast birthday. We're turning six years old on Monday, friends. Cue the confetti poppers. And we are having a birthday party Monday night. And this Saturday is the last day you can get in on that. So we're celebrating with Compassion International, which is one of my favorite organizations who pairs kids in poverty with sponsors who help meet their needs practically while also sharing the gospel with them. You can go to Compassion.com slash TSF birthday party to sponsor a child and get access to the party, or you can get a ticket if you already sponsor a child or if now's not the right time. I can't wait to celebrate you guys in this sweet podcast community. We have built together on Monday. So make sure you grab a ticket before the end of Saturday, okay? And then we will party together Monday night. Our guest today on the show is an old friend, Lisa Turkhurst. Many of y'all know and love her. Her new book is called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And she was also on episode 126, and she is back today. Before we get into this conversation with Lisa, though, I want to take just a minute to tell you about one of our incredible partners, GEMS. GEMS is the go-to ministry for a girl's spiritual growth. GEMS stands for Girls Everywhere Meeting the Savior, G-E-M-S. And for over 60 years, GEMS has been serving girls and walking alongside moms and mentors and ministry leaders to help them lead their girls into authentic relationship with Jesus. GEMS provides resources for girls that help them deepen their faith and remind them they are loved, period, by God. When a girl understands that God deeply loves her, no matter what, everything changes. I know that's true in my life. And GEMS has put together a gift guide for the girls and women in your life to remind them they are loved, period, by God. Give the gift of love and connection this holiday season. Whether the girl on your list is 8 or 88, give her intentional gifts of love and connection and engagement. Share the number one thing that she needs to hear this Christmas season. You are loved. Find the gift guide and more at gemsloved.org. That's G-E-M-S-L-O-V-E-D dot O-R-G. And when you use our exclusive code just for our friends, TSFGEMS20, that's TSFGEMS20, you receive 20% off of any gift purchased through the end of 2020. So whether you're on a road trip or at home this holiday, you can also find fun freebies to help connect with your girl this season at gemsloved.org. That's G-E-M-S-L-O-V-E-D dot O-R-G. And now here is our conversation with one of my very favorites, Lisa Turkhurst. Not because I'm flying in and flying out all in the same day. You're in a class at 645 tomorrow. Yes, I am. (laughs) I was just saying that to the girls. I was like, y'all, she's in a class in Charlotte at 645 tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. And this morning. You did it this morning and then flew here? This morning. Lisa. Right? Wait, you worked out this morning. You worked out this morning. You got in a plane and flew here and you will fly home tonight and work out tomorrow morning? Yes. (laughs) Are you so tired? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. And and I guess here's the real question. Like, is it working? I don't even know. Mm. So, you know, you know, here's how I feel like it should work, Annie. Not that we're talking sure. about this, but let's just. This is the side. This is right? how we wish it worked. Yeah. My theory is if we work out really hard, that 
day that we worked out really hard. We should look like a supermodel the entire day. Immediately. There should at least be a change. Oh, they worked out today. Yeah, 100%. Yes. yes. But no. It's like I work out. And so here's the deal. Like, okay, you're going to have to work out this hard for six months and eat very few of your favorite foods, reducing yeah. your caloric intake while expending great effort to lift these weights. And you may or may not experience a slight change. Uh -huh. We may see. That's how I feel about taking probiotics, where I'm like, can you actually know if my gut's better? No. 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 Who would I be if I hadn't taken them the last year? The same? Probably. Yeah. That's you how know. it feels. I know. I <laughs> and I yet know. I do it. I still obey all the rules because yeah. they tell us to do it. I need I need my rewards on a lower shelf than that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I just need them to like sprout with great evidence, neon signs, <laughs> a marching band, and some confetti, please. Right? Are we going to work out when we get to heaven? You know, I think that, that there's another place. What that, is right? <laughs> That they make you work out every and you, day. And you definitely don't see results. You don't see you results. You don't see results. No, no ma'am. It's worse. Rabbi Joel, is that what you would call him? What do you call? Theologian Joel. Theologian Joel. I've never called him Rabbi Joel, but is I mean. Is he Jewish and Christian? I mean, he is a Christian. Am I thinking of the right person in Israel? Oh, no. Oh, I'm thinking of totally the wrong person. Yes, Sorry. You're, th you're thinking of REA. <gasps> yes. Thank you're you. You're thinking of REA. Sorry. So Joel is on the Proverbs 31 team. He's the Thank director you. of theology. So you're like, I mean, Annie, I <laughs> could call him a rabbi. <laughs> I totally had the wrong person. When I was reading through your book, when I saw his name, I thought he was your theologian in Israel. No, he is my theologian in Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> okay, so I got I got a few theologians. Yeah, thank you. you know, okay, tell people. me why. Tell me why you all have a theologian on staff. Well, basically to make sure that when I'm studying theology, Joel says new theology is bad theology, yes. so we got to sort of rein it in. You yes. know what I mean? And I just really want somebody checking uh, me. And my favorite days at work, honestly, are the days that we really study the Bible. Yeah. And I noticed a couple of years ago, it's like I got into ministry because I love to tell people about Jesus. And I love to teach the Bible. And then it's like I sort of, the ministry grew, and then I was sort of having no more big office study days. It was all like planning and, you know, and office -y stuff and budgets and meetings. And I was like, where's the fun part where I actually study the Bible for a living? <laughs> and so I decided we're going to work some of those days in. Yeah. I really am thankful for Joel. They're, my favorite days really are when the team and I study the Bible with Joel. I think one an important thing for our friends listening to hear is that we both, and, and a, almost a litmus test to me of who you listen to, who you read, who you follow, is who do they answer to? Mm. And who are who's their pastors? Who are their theologians? Who's speaking into their lives? And so we, my pastor comes on the podcast a lot, Pastor Kevin, and, and you and people knowing there's a Joel in the background. Yes. There are, everything you know is good and wise, but it's also good that we... We aren't independent from leadership or from authority. Oh, no. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's really important for me to always make sure there are people smarter than me sitting at the table mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to push me mm -hmm. so that can grow and so that I can bring what I bring, but I don't have to bring everything. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And just to, I like that I can mess up. And there are people who go, no, that's not how we write that. That's not how we say that. That's not how... Mm -hmm. And so it, it just helps me. And I think it's it's important when I'm picking who I'm listening to, 
I go, well, who's telling them that? And who's studying with them? Mm-hmm. I think that matters. Too. It matters. Okay. And total fangirl moment, yes. Annie. My girls, the young ones who work for me and yes. the the ones that sprang forth from my belly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say loins, and that's yeah, so <laughs> crude. Both no. are. Both are true, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> the children I gave birth to. Yes, Let's yes, yes. back it up. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> and the children I gave birth to. <laughs> they are all so loving your podcast. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so they are just so excited I'm here with you today. Oh, that means they a lot. They really are. And um, they they listen. I mean, they are really leaning in. Yeah. I mean, you are on their podcast favorites list, yeah. and that's really good. I'm glad there's a little Annie mixed in with some of the other mess yeah. that, you know, yeah. these young Thank people you. are listening to. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok, that's but right. I'll be here for them. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. That means a lot. I mean, I I take it really seriously. I take this opportunity. I mean, you know this from when we get to teach on stages and when with your podcasts and the thing you and Jim just did, the relationships group uh, class. Mm -hmm. Is that what you call it? Yeah, intensive. Intensive? Yeah. I mean, we get people's undivided attention in their head Mm. for minutes every week. And I I do not take that lightly. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for the work that you do. Wow. I'm you so are very excited. Welcome. As as everyone who listened to you last time when you were on the show knows, and everyone who I know knows, I'm here because you've been generous to me and you've led me and taught me in a lot of ways. So I, you know, in my Mount Mount Everest, nope, my Mount Rushmore of people yes. who helped me get here, you are one of my Aww. people on my Mount Rushmore. I've always so. wanted to be a rock you are. on the side <laughs> of a You really road. are. This You're the amazing. rock on the side of a mountain. Your face <laughs> is engraved. And next time you come to the office, we'll have an actual Mount Rushmore with your face on or it. Or not. Just do yeah. a quote. <laughs> Like, we don't have to do that. Okay, so you're in town today, as we said, flew in, fly out, going around talking to people about the new book. Yes. uh, Forgiving what you can't forget. Lisa, how do you do this? How do you talk about what is so, both, it's not supposed to be this way, which just changed everyone's life. The million plus people who read it, it's a game changer of a book. And the same is true for forgiving what you can't forget. How do you talk about this super personal stuff all the time? Well, Annie, I think I write the messages that I need. Mm. And I know if I'm going to write a book, it's going to be three years of intensely focusing on this topic. So it needs to be something where I am passionate about applying this information to me. And there's Mm. an urgency because I desperately need it. And so it's not that I wanted to write about forgiveness. Actually, I was struggling with forgiveness so much that um, I just put myself in front of this topic. And I just said, I I need this. I need this most of all. I really do. How do you know when is the right time to write the book? Because we also look at, we can list some other titles and kind of say to ourselves, that's too soon. Mm -hmm. And other times where you go, that. That was real long time ago, and I know way more of their life between then and now, and that doesn't feel genuine. How For our friends who are wanting to write books that are listening, how do you know well, it's the right time? most of the time, I would say, listen to how you're telling your story. So it's not that it's too soon in time-wise, you right. know, but listen to how you tell the story. If you tell the story and you're more focused on how you were hurt and mm. telling the facts about your hurt, then it's too soon. 
That's so but good. if you're more interested in the experiential wisdom that your story has unearthed in your life and you're eager to bring people along in that journey, it doesn't even mean that you've learned all the experiential wisdom. It's just instead of the hurting, you're more focused on the healing. Mm. Then I think it's okay to write from the middle. So even when we're talking about people who, whether they want to write books or whether they're getting up and giving their testimony at a Christmas luncheon at their church mm-hmm. or you know, a guy's writing a sermon about what's going on in his life. Who do you invite in when it's happening? Who's the next circle? When does it get public? What's the, do you have like a funnel, (laughs) an Mm. opposite funnel? Well, it's hard for me to invite people in, believe it or not. I think people would be surprised about that because Mm -hmm. I live a pretty vulnerable life. Yeah. But I know I want people close to me who I absolutely know two things about them. One, they've been through hurt. Mm. And when uh, someone themselves has been through hurt, they, they aren't as likely to try to give you plastic answers and force your healing before it's even reasonable. So I want to know the person I'm inviting in, have they been through some real hurt in their life? Mm-hmm. And the second thing I want to know is that this person will pray words, more words for me than they speak about me or to me. Okay. And um, if I really know that, I mean, if they're going to go talk about me to someone, it's to God, then I'm like, okay. You're, you're my person. Yeah. So, but it usually does start with a, with a few close friends where I'm like, hey, I'm really wrestling through something and I need, I need some wisdom here. Mm-hmm. So we have a mutual friend, Meredith. Yeah. She, they've not, heard her on the show. Okay. Meredith she's amazing. Yep. Not only can she cut hair, she's like a <laughs> licensed cosmetologist. She has, did you know this about her? She has a degree in like outdoor recreational something. Oh. Yeah. Oh real gosh, crazy. Yeah. And she is smart as a whip when it comes to marketing and strategy. So she's the she's director, brilliant. the executive director at Proverbs 31 over yeah. strategy and development. But she also has her master's in counseling. And so she's oh a gosh. great friend because she and I do a lot of life together. Yeah. So I can't really get things past Meredith. Yes. You know, she sees, she too sees me yeah. too often. Like she <laughs> yeah. knows, you yep. know. Yeah. But also she brings a lot of counseling wisdom. And so mm-hmm. she's a good, safe person for me. And then we also mutually know Jim. Yeah. The amazing Jim, this uh, counselor extraordinaire. Yes. He's also a really good, safe person for me. And then I've got a few other friends as well. So, but one thing I I know, Annie, when I sat down to write this book on forgiveness. So I had, I I did speak to Jim about it a lot because he was just leading me through my own personal hurt and Meredith, of course. But I have a team that when I write my books, we, I'll write a little bit and then we get together and then I read it out loud and then we process how it plays out in their life. Oh wow! So there's, there's a section in the book called Welcome to the Gray Table because Mm -hmm. this book we decided that the team that was coming together when I would write the book, we always had an open chair. And that open chair was my reader. Oh, wow. And so what people probably don't know is that you were sitting with us Mm -hmm. at the gray table. And it forced me as I wrote the book to bring the appropriate amount of resistance and angst that a book on forgiveness deserves because all of us around the gray table were going through processing not 
past hurts, which we certainly did process our past hurts and forgiveness, but all of us were going through something really significant in real time. The same thing or each in your own life? Different things. Okay. So I wrote about one of the gals at the grade table. Um, she had had her heart absolutely broken mm-hmm. in college. The guy that she thought she was going to marry, things got messy. They broke up and he quickly moved on. And so while we were writing the book, he got engaged and got married. Oh, gosh. So that's hard. Yes, that's hard. Another gal that was sitting at the table, one of her best friends, I mean, best friends for a very, very long time, started dating someone, and it just became impossible for their friendship to go the distance. Mm-hmm. And so she had a major friendship you know, dissolve right before her very eyes. So painful. And then Joel, who was also sitting at the table. Rabbi Joel. Yes. (laughs) Theologian Joel. His family wound up tragically, and it was on national news, his cousin was brutally murdered. Oh, wow. While we were writing the book. And she was a college student in Chicago walking to her car one night. A guy followed her and made moves on her. She resisted. He strangled her, put her in her car, and then she was gone. And so we all faced really hard stuff as we were writing it. But I am grateful that the Lord saw what we were all going to be going through and brought us to the gray table to focus on forgiveness. We didn't even know how much we would need this message Mm -hmm. in that season of our life. But that's how I know that the Lord intended for me to write this book on forgiveness. It's it's the book I never wanted to write because I didn't want to have to live it. Yeah. One of those stories jumps out at me because it's it's part of my story, but also so many women talk to me about this, about when their friendships break up. Oh. And how do you deal with forgiveness when that other mom's kid is still in your kid's class and mm-hmm. she was your best friend forever and now y'all don't speak? Mm-hmm. Or a college best friend that you're no longer friends with or a falling out like, you know, where they end up marrying or dating someone and you can't stay in relationship. How do we forgive those? I mean, it feels like a lot of times the forgiveness conversation is about our parents or our spouse. Yeah. Why is it, why is it so different with other girlfriends? Well, I think what's really hard is that when a friend walks away and either just stops calling you back or breaks your heart. You know, I think what's so hard is that person was your safe person. Mm. And you told that person probably all of your, you know, most vulnerable, deepest, darkest secrets, you know. So this person, you know, they're walking away with a piece of you. Um, But more than that, you thought that there was this kind of understanding, like we're going to go the distance. Yes. And people hear about a falling out with their parents and people hear about a falling out in a marriage, but there just seems to be this weird middle ground where we all experience friendship breakups, but nobody talks about them. Nobody talks about them. At all. Yeah. And forgiveness becomes really complicated when you feel like I've got this major thing, but this person doesn't even want to have a conversation with me. And so how do you forgive when the other person refuses to talk to you? How do you forgive when you're not even really sure what happened? Like so many times friendships implode 
And it wasn't because of this big epic argument. Mm -hmm. It was because something weird happened and you can't quite put your finger on it. Or they started going to counseling and decided you had all kinds of issues and it was easier for them to walk (laughs) away. Right. Right. Or whatever happened. They moved away and then this weird distance thing, you know. It was too long and then it had been too long. Yeah. Yeah. Or they just one day tell you, hey, you know, we can no longer be friends. And there's no real big explanation why. It's just the the deal has changed. And then you're left with this gaping wound of this phantom feeling like I used to have my person and now I don't. Yes. And it's really hard. So it was important for me to wrestle through how do you walk through the forgiveness process when the other person refuses to cooperate, Mm -hmm. refuses to acknowledge, refuses to say they're sorry, or even refuses to have any kind of contact with you at all right Mm -hmm. now? What do you do? And I think for so long, Annie, I misunderstood what forgiveness really was. And so we studied forgiveness for over a thousand hours in the Bible. Yes, I read that. I was blown away. (laughs) Also, um, I did lots and lots of therapeutic research, Mm. so many conversations with Jim, both when I was sitting in the counseling chair because I needed counsel. Yes. Because my natural bent is very resistant to forgiveness. Unforgiveness kind of feels like, to me, like if I can hold a resentment, then I'm kind of protecting myself from you. Yes, man. People need to hear that from you as they read this book. Like, yes, your inclination is to keep that power. And I was never taught how to forgive. It's like this big Christian principle, but nobody had ever taught me how to do it. All they ever tell us is like, it's, it's. It'll set you free. Yes. And I'm like, so what do you do? Because I'm still mad every time I see him. Exactly. Hey, friends, just taking a short break from this conversation with Lisa to give you a shout out to our amazing partners at Nutrafol. Did you know that weakened or thinning hair affects over 30 million women? If you're among them, please know that you are not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol, with many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too. I use Nutrafol and I love the difference I've seen in my hair. It supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning stress yes hormones yes environment yes nutrition yes metabolism yes <laughs> Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding and when you subscribe you'll receive automatic monthly deliveries so you'll never miss a dose automation for the win I especially love that Nutrafol is physician formulated to be 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective dosages so that you get the most reliable results. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using the promo code SOUNDSFUN. New customers will get 20% off. This is their best offer available anywhere, y'all, plus free shipping on every order. So get 20% off at Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. And the promo code is sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Lisa. So I'll just unpack for you a little bit of like the nitty gritty. Yes. So first of all, what is forgiveness really? Mm -hmm. I felt like forever it was an unfair gift that I had to give to the person who hurt me. That's right. And I just thought, there's just 
no way that if I'm going to be real and authentic about my feelings, I'm I'm going to have to betray myself in order yes, to... Yes, I'm making a sacrifice here. Uh, yes. Yes. And... And so I, I give this unfair gift to this person who hurt me. Isn't that me kind of saying, like, I'm over it when I'm not over it? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mm-hmm. still kind of angry over here. Mm-hmm. So what do I do with that? Right. And isn't it me saying that what they did is like, oh, okay, no big deal. I now forgive you. When it was a very big deal. This mm-hmm. cost me a lot emotionally. Or is it me saying that what they did didn't really matter, and mm-hmm. it very much mattered to me? Mm-hmm. And so I just was wrestling so much. So I actually went into this thousand hours of studying forgiveness in the Bible, looking for God's exception, mm-hmm. his loophole, because mm-hmm. surely there has to be an exception. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert, there's not. <laughs> there's not. And so, uh. but what I did discover, Annie, is that forgiveness is not as much a gift to the other person as it is God's gift of healing to us. Mm. It's his provision for my heart to heal. And I don't have to That's conjure different. up yeah. forgiveness. Okay. I don't have to like grit my teeth, boss my feelings around like, oh, let me just eke out some forgiveness from yeah. amongst my bones here. Right. You know? No, what it is, is God's gift of forgiveness flows to us when we realize we desperately need forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So as God's gift of forgiveness flows to us, it's not based on my determination that I forgive other people. It's simply my cooperation, Mm -hmm. that I cooperate with God's forgiveness flowing to me, and then God's forgiveness can flow through me. Right. And I never understood. I don't have to do all this heavy lifting. I just have to lean in and cooperate with this gift that God has given. But it's a gift to me. It is God's provision for healing for my heart. And forgiveness is something that I can be empowered to do as an early step of my own healing. Oh, wow. See, I used to think that, like, if you and I had a thing, Annie, right. you know, and you were mad and, and all the stuff, right? I used to think that I couldn't heal or move forward until you and I had everything straight between us. Right. So like if you hurt me, then what I thought forever is until Annie changes, Mm -hmm. until Annie says she's sorry, until Annie's ready to have this big epic reconciliation conversation. Every bit of it. Yeah. Then I can't heal. But if if that's our if that's our perspective of forgiveness, then we are not only allowing that person to hurt us, but we are also allowing them to hijack our ability to heal. Yeah, to keep us. They are to keeping keep us. keep us stuck yeah. in yes. that. Yeah, that's but good. But g- forgiveness is God's provision for us to get unstuck mm-hmm. from the hurt. Oh, and wow. really what forgiveness is, is it is the way to sever the source of suffering. Mm-hmm. And we are empowered right now today to say out loud, I deserve to stop suffering because Mm -hmm. of what other people have done to me. And God has given me a way to sever the source of suffering through the power of forgiveness. It's for my heart Mm -hmm. that I make this choice to forgive so so that that, I can heal. Does that just look like, like on a Thursday, this is coming out on Thursday, on a Thursday, during my quiet time, I'm mad and I'm hurt. And I'm just saying again, okay, Lord, give me your provision of forgiveness again. Well, we don't start with forgiveness, Annie. We start with your pain. Okay. 
And so collect the dots. That's right. Right. Okay. So what I say is is get some three by five cards. Yep. And just write out the facts of how you've been hurt. And you've outlined all this of how we do this and yes. forgiving what you So can. just yeah. get some three by five cards, write out the facts of how you've been hurt. Facts. That's huge. Yes. Yeah. So like this hurt me and this hurt me and this hurt me and this hurt me. Mm-hmm. And so once you do that, then it's really helpful for your next step to show those cards to someone safe. Oh, wow. Okay. So like if you and I were doing life together, yeah. you know, I could I could say, Annie, I need to go to coffee. I need to show you something. And then just, or you can do this with your counselor, or you yeah. can do this, you know, with your mentor or mm-hmm. whatever. But it's, it's easier sometimes just to do it with a friend. Yeah. And lay the cards out and, and say, yeah, and cheaper. <laughs> I won't charge you anything. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, but lay the cards out. Okay. And then. Um, Does it like have if, to be about the same story? Like, is it, it doesn't, but it's really helpful, honestly, okay. to like tackle a story at a time. Got it. Because okay. otherwise you may hijack your friend's day for like uh, hours. Right. <laughs> right. Here's my 35 <laughs> yeah. cards. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and it may be, it may be this one instance that hurt you so much that you may have 35 cards, but yeah. keep it focused on but this instance, on that one. right? Okay. And then show the cards to your friend and make sure your friend has heard this podcast so then they know what so to do. So they know what to do next. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. But the best thing your friend can do is to look at you and say, Annie, I believe you. Yes. I believe you. Mm-hmm. I believe that this hurt you in every way that you've written out on these cards. Yeah. And if no one else has dared to bear witness to your pain... I will. Mm-hmm. Annie, I'm so sorry for what's happened to you. It shouldn't have happened. They shouldn't have said what they said. They shouldn't have done what they did. But Annie, you deserve to stop suffering mm. because of what this person has done to you. Yeah. And today's a great day to sever the source of your suffering through the power of forgiveness. And then you don't have to do this with your friend. You can take your cards home and and later walk card by card by card, having a marked moment of forgiveness. But what that first step does, and this is the step that I feel like so many people miss, is it is important that somebody on this earth knows that your pain was real. Mm -hmm. And there's something so empowering for another person to say to you, like, Annie, I believe you. You're not crazy. This did hurt. Yes. And it's understandable that it did hurt. Yes. And then you don't have to wait for the person that hurt you to have that big epic moment that Mm -hmm. most of the people who hurt us, we never get that big epic moment. Yes. Where we present all the proof of how we were hurt. And then they're like, ta-da, finally. (laughs) Right. And they're like, you're right. You're right. I did all of that. And I am so terrible and I'm so wrong and I will never do this to another human again. We very rarely ever get that. Yeah. So don't wait for that person. Mm -hmm. You can have another human bear witness to your pain. And then you have a marked moment where you go card by card by guard and you just say, I forgive this person for this fact of how they hurt me. And I add this in, and whatever my feelings will not yet allow for, the blood of Jesus will surely cover it. Mm, And then I have these little pieces of red felt, and I just cover that card with red felt. And I just kind of, to me, it's a sacred symbol that this is why Jesus came, Mm -hmm. for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness to me and my sins, forgiveness and reconciliation to God, and forgiveness among one another. And so after you do that, though, you have to realize, okay, now 
I have forgiven for the facts of what happened to me. No one can take that away from me. I've had this marked moment with God, and I am being obedient to God, Mm -hmm. right? But the second part is to realize that forgiveness is not just a decision to forgive for the facts of what happened to us, but forgiveness is also a process to emotionally heal from the impact that that event had on us. Mm -hmm. And this is where I feel like it's not really been taught. Yes, in, when I read that today, where, the part where you said it's not just a journey and it's not just a moment, it's both. It's both. Yes. That and the reason that this is important is because you and I both know that we have forgiven people, mm-hmm. and then six hours later or six months later, we get triggered <laughs> in our pain. Yep. And triggers are very inconvenient. Yes. You know, it's not like we can say, okay, Tuesday night, I'm going to be <laughs> sitting in my bathtub taking communion. Right. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's a perfect time for my emotional pain to get triggered. That's right. And so then I can just be by myself and process it. That's not how it happens. No. I mean, we get triggered like we're about to step on the stage and go speak and we yep. can get triggered. Yep. Or we get triggered just hanging out with friends, having a good time. And somebody says, another person's name who deeply wounded us and all of a sudden it's like and something air. good that's happening for them yes and, and then the air gets sucked out of the room 100%. or classic my my phone will send me memory movies this happened four Gosh. years ago today mm-hmm. and if it's a friend that we went on a trip with and that friend's no longer talking to us yes or that friend has betrayed us in some way or like in or my situation marriage, yeah. like my my husband was unfaithful and so memories pictures from four years ago are incredibly painful yes to and me your phone just sh- Shows and then it's you. like, oh, la, 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 four yeah. years ago, this is what was happening. And I look at that picture, and I'm standing in Target, and I can't breathe. Yes. And then I think, what's wrong with me? I already forgave him mm-hmm. for this fact of what mm-hmm. happened. So does forgiveness not work for me? Because wow. now I'm just as mad. I'm just as angry. I'm just, I'm feeling bitter. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling enraged that he made this choice. How dare he do something that forever changed me? And the unchangeable can feel so unforgivable. But yes. wait, I already forgave him. So what's wrong? It's not that your forgiveness didn't work. It's that you made the decision to forgive for the fact, but now you have to walk through the process of forgiving for the impact that Mm -hmm. that had on you. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's hurt you, and it was like the equivalent of a $5 emotional debt, an inconvenience, you probably won't get triggered in that trauma. No. But if somebody has hurt you, and it's the equivalent of a $5 million impact emotional Mm -hmm. debt to Mm -hmm. you— then it only makes sense that you're going to get triggered in that pain. It's going to take a lot longer to walk through the process. So I've learned now that triggers do not have to render me paralyzed or hijack my emotions for the day. It is an indication that there's a little bit more healing that needs Mm -hmm. to take place. Mm -hmm. So I stop wherever I'm at. And I say, I've already forgiven this person for the fact of what happened, but now I must forgive them for the impact that this created in my life. And so I have another marked moment of forgiveness, and I will say, I now forgive this person for the anxiety that this created in my life Mm -hmm. and the anxiety that I'm feeling in this moment. Mm -hmm. And whatever my feelings will not yet allow for, the blood of Jesus will surely cover it. Yeah. Because you, gosh, that the impact part 
is you're right. That's where we stumble and where we get tied up in our own feet is we think, I thought I'd already did that. And I used to get so so mad at God. I used to be like, God, really? Yeah. Like, why does this impact have to leak into my life, Mm -hmm. you know? And why am I still hurting over this? And why does healing take so long? And I used to be so frustrated. And then one day, honestly, I realized, Annie, if the full impact of the hurt would have hit me in the moment that I originally got hurt, it would have killed me. Mm. So how gracious of God to let that impact leak into my life through a series of triggers, and he's allowing me to heal slowly because we serve a good and gracious God. So tell it to me, because there are people who will say, you know, the person I, the person, quote, quote, I really can't forgive is God. Yeah. The one who I feel the most disappointed with is God. The one who feels like I'm the most hurt with because of what's happened on, you know, something happened to my parents and it was God's fault. Or I've been praying for something. I haven't gotten it. That's God's fault. What do you say to the men and women listening who, who that's who they would need to forgive? Are we allowed to be in that spot? Well, it's funny. You know, one of the chapters of the book is called Forgiving God. Yes. And I remember, you know, seeing people's faces when they would be flipping through the book or looking (gasps) at the table of contents. They would be like, forgiving God. That's right. What? And I'm not saying— Clutch their pearls about it. Yeah. How dare you, Lisa? And I'm not saying that God has ever sinned, Mm -hmm. you know? And, And so technically, no, we don't have to forgive God. But Annie, I felt like it was important to go there with that realization that our God is big and He's so capable and He's absolutely mighty. So He could have stopped this and He didn't. And it was important for me to go there yeah, because I could not reconcile that God saw what my husband was doing and He didn't warn me. He didn't tell me. When you're like, I talk to you every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Yeah, I would imagine. And so I'm very honest in saying, I don't know yeah. why God didn't stop it. I don't know why God didn't reveal it sooner. I don't know. But here's what I do know. And that's where I have to park my mind. What do I know? Yep. And what I do know is that God doesn't want to be explained away. He just wants to be invited in to this mm-hmm. hard, holy moment right here. Mm-hmm. And he's okay with us wrestling with it. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, Amy, even if God told me why, I wouldn't like his answer. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't fix it? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't make it better? So I just have to trust that God does see and he does know and he loves me at the same time. And... Here's another thing I know. I know we don't serve a do-nothing God Mm. and that he has given people free will. And there have been times where I have exercised my free will and God has warned me over and over and over, stop, don't, turn, cease. Mm -hmm. And I just simply didn't listen. Mm -hmm. And because God gives us space for free will, And because we live in this sin-soaked world where people do participate in sin, then I have to know that if God has done that with me, that he also was doing his part 
in the unseen places of this yeah. other person's life. Yeah. And we don't serve a do-nothing God. Mm-hmm. He is always doing something. Mm-hmm. And a matter of fact, he does some of his best work in the unseen. Mm-hmm. And we just have to trust that our God is good. Our God is good to us, even when we don't understand circumstances or what other people do to us. God is good to us, and God is good at being God. And I park is good my, at being God. I love when you say that. God, I park my mind on that, Annie, yes. and I say it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, can't explain this. Don't have to. God yeah. doesn't want to be explained away. God wants to be invited into this hard holy moment. And I just remind myself, God is good at being God. And I have to force myself, Lisa, don't make assumptions that God is doing nothing. He just may not have done it in the time that you were expecting it. Oh, my counselor last week was like, well, it sounds like everything's moving forward. I was like, into what? I was Mm -hmm. like, you are seeing a world I am not seeing. She was like, I know. I I can see this better than you can see it. And it sounds like God has a lot of space to be working on this, and he's working on it behind the scenes. I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling that. I'd like for it to be, I'd like for the scene to be in front of us. But I think it's so kind of you to add that chapter and to write that because maybe some of us grew up thinking uh, we aren't allowed to have negative feelings toward God or that's considered backsliding, quote, quote, or that's, or you better just go ahead and walk away from the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So just walk away. I mean, I talked to someone this morning and she said, Oh, yeah, after this and this, I just walked away from religion. So I don't even know the word sermon. She couldn't think of the word sermon. Mm -hmm. She's like, so I don't even know that word. And I thought, I wonder if you just needed to tell God you were disappointed. Yeah, 100%. Right. And I don't think that the opposite of faith is doubt. Mm -mm. I think the opposite of faith is being too certain of the wrong things. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like like becoming so certain God wasn't doing something. Mm -hmm. That's becoming too certain of the wrong thing. Yeah. So it's okay to bring your doubts. It's okay to bring your questions to God. And it's okay to wrestle through what we go through. I mean, even Jesus wept when he was here on this earth. And he was God. He knew the plan. And when he took on the skin of humanity in the midst of his perfect divinity, he wept. Mm -hmm. And he felt the brutality of what it's like to live in a sin-soaked world. So be patient with yourself and just know God is not out to get you. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about our incredible partners, Features. As slowly as 2020 has passed, can you believe the holidays are here? It's been a strange few months, hasn't it? So why not give friends and family the gift that puts a little jingle back in their step? For 20 years, the team at Features has been solely focused on delivering an unsurpassed performance sock. You get it? Solely? Uh Uh-huh. A great pair of socks can be the perfect holiday gift for everyone on your list. And with Features, every pair feels like a custom fit. Y'all, I cannot even use words about how much I love these socks. I have the light cushion no-show features and they are so comfortable. I love them for exercise because they have that comfortable cushion and support, but they also stay put, which is a big deal to me. No slipping off my heel, no blisters, no other socks give you a custom-like fit the way features do. The anatomical design conforms to left and right foot for a molded fit. Yes, they even have an L and an R on them so that you always know which foot they go on, y'all. And they have a lifetime guarantee, which means if you're unsatisfied at any point, you'll get a replacement pair. No questions asked. There are tons of styles to choose from. No show to knee height, 
ultra light knit to maximum cushion. And with designs tailored for everyday wear, athletic performance, and extra support, there is something for everyone on your list. So you get $10 off your first pair of features just in time for the holidays. Use the promo code SOUNDSFUN at features.com for 10% off your first pair. That's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com. You get it? Features. Uh-huh. And use the promo code SOUNDSFUN. And now back to finish our conversation with Lisa. You know, one thing, Annie, people have said this to me so much. Like, wow, Lisa, you know, you sure do seem like you have a target on your back. Like, uh, yeah. you know, you sure <laughs> do seem that. like, like, man, it's like, are you sure you want to keep doing this? Like writing these books and giving these messages and everything? Because it just seems like, you know, it's like, man, a lot because of you're things. in ministry, yes. a lot of hard things happen. Yes. But Annie, that's not the God I serve. Mm. I think God looked at my life and he saw there's going to be a lot of hard crap that happens to her. So I'm going to give her the gift of being in ministry so that she is knee deep in my truth every day because I love her. And I just wonder if maybe some of us have become too certain of the wrong things about God. And that's maybe why we're carrying so much hurt Mm -hmm. and angst and uncertainty about Mm him. I mean, that... Um, that flips everything on its head. If you say the Lord knew the hard life, the hard pieces of my life that would come. And so he did this versus because I chose this, I'm being the we- the weapons formed against us. There are weapons formed against yes. us, but because the Lord knew what was coming, he went ahead Mm-hmm. And put these family, these friends, mm-hmm. this job. I mean, I look at your place. life, Annie. You know, I I think that God loved Annie Downs mm-hmm. so much that He was like, Annie, I'm going to create this amazing, fantastic, really hard some days yeah. and really crappy circumstances some days, but I'm going to create a life, Annie, for you mm-hmm. that is so perfect for how I created you. So you know what? You're going to do a podcast. (laughs) Right, right. And it's going to be like the hard stuff, but we're going to mix in confetti poppers, you know? And Annie, you're going to get to have an office one day that is so Annie. It's going to have a green wall. It's going to have pink cabinets, and it's going to have a white cabinet in the back that Annie forgot to add (laughs) shelves to. So it looks pretty on the outside, but you open it up, and there ain't nothing about that cabinet that's organized. (laughs) But Annie, I love you so much. I am crazy about you. And so I'm going to create a life that is going to dance and sing the best of who Annie is. So just embrace it and know I've got you, girl. I mean, that is a paradigm shift in my head. That is a paradigm shift. If we if we look at the hard things that we get to forgive other people for and get to walk through that are painful and think of it as the Lord set up all these good things so that you would have what you needed mm-hmm. when the hard things showed up. And so that, so that our lives would bring God glory when the hard things show up. And I think it releases some of the pressure too, because like you said, well, because I chose to be in ministry, then I unleash. That's how all it feels. This, 
Yeah. But I just don't think that's the way God works. Yeah. I think God was like, girl, you're going to go through some hard stuff. I already see what the enemy has planned. So guess what I'm going to do for you? Yeah. You know, and God has done a lot for each one of us. And I want to say, too, that this forgiveness message, you know, when you read forgiving what you can't forget, it's not just for all the hard, horrific things that have happened to us. When I studied forgiveness in the Bible, I started to realize it's supposed to be part of our everyday process as Mm. much as eating, breathing, sleeping, living, forgiving. I mean, we truly, yes, think about how Jesus, when, when Jesus was asked, how do we pray? And he answers in Matthew chapter 6, this is then how you should pray. He establishes who God is, the opening paragraph. And then he says, give us today our daily bread. And then he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who create debts against us. And the rest of the prayer is protect us from the evil one. Oh, yeah. And let's circle back to forgiveness, because Mm -hmm. if we don't forgive those who hurt us, then God will not forgive us, you know, of our sins. And it's like... I would never, if if God said, you, Lisa, write the ultimate prayer, that when people say, how do I pray, this is how you pray. Think of how important prayer is. Right. And he used over half of the prayer for huh. confession and forgiveness, yes. receiving God's forgiveness and then giving God's forgiveness. Yes. And if Jesus did that, it's because he knew how humans can have a healthy heart. Mm. Confession quiets the chaos inside of us. Mm. Forgiveness quiets the chaos between us. Wow. And if hurt sits in the human heart too long, it has such a propensity to turn into hate. And then we That's turn right. into somebody who we don't even want to be. Mm-hmm. So Annie, think even about if nobody this. sees it. That's right. Know. Yeah. So think about this, okay? We wake up in the morning. And we pray that prayer because yeah. it, it is a daily prayer, yeah. you know, give us today our daily bread, right? Mm-hmm. What if we got so good at forgiving, Annie, that we decided to pre-forgive those fools <laughs> who are about to <laughs> bump about into to our happy us. that yeah. day, yeah. you know? Yeah. So what if we got so good at forgiveness, Annie, that we started to send forgiveness ahead of us mm-hmm. into our day? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to send some forgiveness to my office. I'm going to for- send some forgiveness to the school. I'm going to send yeah. some forgiveness into that that coffee shop. I'm going to send some forgiveness into that, that Instagram thing that's about to happen. Listen. The people who don't agree with us politically, I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, I'm just going to send some forgiveness into January of 2021, right? right? And then we get up after praying that, and we sent forgiveness into all these spaces of our life. So we go walking into the coffee shop, and that rude dude, you know, who is just like, I mean, we look at him like, oh, no, you didn't, you know? right. So what if when he lays that offense down and says something so rude, you're like, oh, no, bro, I have already sent forgiveness into this yeah. situation. Yeah. Just because you lay an offense down does not mean I'm going to pick up your offense and carry right. it with me right. and allow it to ruin my day. No, you do you, boo. Mm-hmm. Like, you do you. God yeah. bless you. And whatever happened to create this hurt that you just tried to unleash on me, I'm going to pray for you. But right yes. now, I'm going to take my coffee. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and out. go. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go because I have already pre-forgiven you. Yeah. Can you imagine if that's the approach mm-hmm. that everyone would take mm-hmm. right now even, what a difference it would make in this world. Yes. 
And I think too many times we're like, okay, so like even with God, like, Uh okay, uh, this person believes different politically about something, you know? And so then we have these conversations with God, like, God, you know, are you for me or are you for them? Oh, listen, yep, yep. And I think the bigger question God is saying, that is so irrelevant. Mm -hmm. I am for you all. The bigger question, the real question, is will you be for God? Mm. Will you just honor God right where you're at? And Annie, I can't do that without Mm. forgiveness. This is a hard one. So if you hate it, we don't have to put it on the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way to set up a question. I'm thinking about the times that I get really fiery about how men treat women in leadership. Mm. And so it also has me thinking about our friends of other races that are systemically mistreated. Mm -hmm. How do we forgive systems? How do we, like, how can I be a healthy female leader when I I don't always feel forgiveness toward a system that was built before we were here? It's a great question, Annie. So there's a whole section in the book about boundaries. Okay. And I think boundaries are very important because while forgiveness is a command by God, mm-hmm. we keep our hearts swept clean yeah. of carrying bitterness and resentments toward the people that mm-hmm. have done this, that have set up the system, or that have participated in the system that has hurt us, yeah. right? So we keep our hearts swept clean. And God's command for forgiveness, there's no exception. Mm. But there is a whole lot of conditions for reconciliation, Got it. And so while God's command is for forgiveness, reconciliation is very dependent on a whole lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so forgiveness doesn't mean that we suddenly become a doormat. Forgiveness doesn't suddenly mean that we we just kind of lay down and allow things to happen to us. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we don't fight for injustice. It means in the process, we don't allow our heart to get so tainted by the evil that's in the situation. And we keep our heart pure before God, and we step in alignment with God. How many times, Annie, have you seen someone fighting for a biblical principle while violating 25 other biblical principles because of how they fight? (laughs) Right. Right? That's what I'm talking about. I know. I'm like, don't degrade yourself like Mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Don't degrade yourself like that. So this chapter on boundaries is really important. And so many times I hear people say, well, I can't draw a boundary because I forgave that person. Sister, let me explain something to you. Boundaries are not to shove the other person away. Right. Boundaries are so that I can hold myself together in the process. Yes. And if you forgive somebody and you've been really hurt in a relationship, you need to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus says, forgive 70 times 7, I used to think, what kind of crazy mess is that? Uh Because why in the world would you stay in a relationship where you are getting hurt endlessly? And then it dawned on me one day. Now, you know what Jesus meant? He meant create enough distance in that emotional relationship where you do not give them free access to keep hurting you over and over and over. You create the boundaries to where when they keep pulling their crazy mess that they do, 
It doesn't brutalize you Mm. and traumatize you and hurt you because you've created enough emotional distance there. You step away, step away. That's right. So much sense. And so you can forgive from afar because that offense is not so close that it's pummeling you. Mm -hmm. And it is okay to admit that there are some people in this world, there are some systems in this world, there are some practices in this world that are not healthy. Mm -hmm. So we fight against the injustice while keeping a pure heart and loving people through the process. Mm -hmm. That is so important for me to hear as an Annie. (laughs) But also I'm thinking about what's going to happen in our world in the next few months, in in our country in the next few months, and in the world of making sure what do the boundaries look like for us to be healthy? Does it mean you need to unfollow people on Instagram? Does it mean you need to mute certain things? Does it mean what kind of distance do you need so that your boundaries are healthy, but you don't have hate in your heart? That's right. And, And realizing that you're only held accountable for the words you say, and the actions you take. Mm. And other people's words and actions are a reflection of where they're at and maybe some unhealed hurt, maybe some dysfunction that's in your in their life. But again, you don't have to attend every drama that you're invited to. <laughs> right. And I think, let me just I'm say it available. louder for the people in the back. Say it. You do not have to attend every drama that you're invited to. Just because somebody lays down a dysfunctional invitation does not mean you need to pick it up and attend their party. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book, I feel like, is the one that, especially is that, as we're getting into the fall, the end of the fall and it's getting darker and we're going to be home more, like sit with this, mm-hmm. have, have some time and, and have some moments with forgiving what you can't forget so that, so that you are healthier in the next year. Like what if we spent the rest of 2020 cleaning out the attic of our mm. selves? Yeah. I think that's a gift that COVID-19 has given us. Yeah. Jim, our mutual counseling yes. friend, he said that the pandemic has been like draining a lake. The The crazy mess was already there, but it's just we're forced to see it. Yes. And so this year has forced us to see a lot. Mm-hmm. And I like that you said sit with this because I definitely think this is not a book to read. It is a message to sit with. Yeah. And in the middle of the book, I will equip you to collect the dots yeah. of, of things that have happened in your life and then start connecting the dots Because, uh, you know, something that I've learned through lots of counseling is that when I have an out-of-proportion emotional reaction to an offense at hand, when it's hysterical, it's historical. Yep. (laughs) Right? Yep. So I have to make some connections. So forgiveness sometimes is not so much complicated because of what's in front of us. It's because of what is unhealed behind us. Oh, I see that in dating relationships where I'm like, oh, that thing you did did not matter near as much. As I feel like it did. That's right. <laughs> that so, felt really big to me, and it was not big. If that's it's right. hysterical, it's historical. Yes. Yep. So we've got to connect the dots, uh, collect the dots, connect the dots, and then we've got to correct the dots. Mm-hmm. We all have a story, and then we all have a story we tell ourselves, and we have to make sure that we're telling ourselves the right story. Yeah. But, man, it feels like such a gift What you to loop back to a few minutes ago where someone else steps in. At, to your story and says, I believe you. I yes. feel like that is, the, I have one story in the front of my mind that I'm thinking about that and having another friend go, I was there. I saw it. I believe you. Everything you're saying is what I saw too. 
Mm-hmm. And now what do we do with it? I mean, it, there's still times where I'll pick up the phone and I'll call him and go, just tell me one more time that you believe me. And he's like, I saw it. I saw it. I mm-hmm. absolutely believe you. You are not crazy. Just yeah. having a, someone else tell you you're not crazy. I know. I paid my counselor a whole lot of money. <laughs> and I think the best thing he told me is, Lisa, you're not crazy. Right. I bought my counselor a boat to tell me I'm not crazy. Yes. A house. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Okay, can we take like three minutes and talk about Compel? Sure. I love that you and Meredith have started this and that you're making a way for other... And this random Meredith we keep talking about is Meredith Brock. Brock. Yes, Max She's married to Mac Brock. Right. Who Who they love. sings like he just dropped down from heaven. Yes. That's a story for another day. unbelievable. Truly. Meredith's Unbelievable is awesome. Yes. Yes. They're like such a power couple. They are. And I agree. And you know what, Annie? He recorded his last album at Haven Place, which is the place I built on my property. The one that just came out is recorded at Haven Place. Oh, now that I'm seeing the pictures in my head of, yes, it's that room. Yes. Yes. I love that. Oh, good. So when people get the book and the album, they can know that the album was recorded there. That's right. Oh, I love that. And if they want to see pictures of Haven Place, Uh buy the journal that goes with... Oh, good. Okay. The Forgiveness Journal goes with Forgiving What You Can't Forget. It's like having a counselor in a journal to walk you through how to process all of this. And I filled it up with all the pictures of the spaces and places where I healed. Oh, wow. Okay, good. That's a journal. And I'm still healing. Yes. Let's not not tie it up in a nice bow, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm still very... Very much healing. Okay. I, I just think with the with the compelled book line that y'all are doing in the book proposal boot camp, I love that y'all are telling people their stories matter. Yes. Because I would, as we talked about before we started, I, I hear people say things like, well, Lisa was betrayed and she's healing and she wrote that book. So I don't need to write my book about that story. Or mm. Annie's single and I am too, but Annie's already writing that. I don't need to write that. Why do other people's stories matter enough to you to make it a new line of books with Thomas Nelson? Well, it's it's there. Our story is the starting place. Mm. And so many of us get stuck telling our story, just sharing the facts of how we were hurt. And if that's all that it ever is, then that's good for a tabloid. Right. Yeah, it's right. just the sensational version of the horrible things that were done to us and giving people the details that satisfy the curiosity. So that's not where I want people to park. And so many times people think sharing their stories means they have to share all the details. I'm like, no, that's good for tabloids, but it's not good for a book for someone to read. You can actually take your story and how you know that you are leaning in the direction of healing is when instead of sharing all the details of how you were hurt, you start sharing experiential wisdom that you've gained that can help other people in their journey. And that's the magic of a book. Yes. And I would say, yeah, Lisa has written some books and Annie has written some books, but nobody has written your book. Yes. And you've got a story and experiential wisdom Mm -hmm. that other people desperately need. And if it never gets published, so what? Give it out to friends who go through different hard things. And I mean, I wish... I wish that my great-grandmother had written one paragraph of her experiential life wisdom. I would have framed that thing. It would be front and center in the decor of my house, but she never wrote it down. And I don't want the same said about me. I, yes, I, as you're saying that, I'm thinking what I would give if my grandmothers would have written their story. Mm -hmm. I would have, I would have 
You're right. It had been a treasured piece to me. Pure gold. Yes. Yeah. And it wouldn't have mattered to you if she published it and 5 million people read it or if she just tucked it in a journal for you to find one day. It would be a priceless treasure. And your story matters that much too. God says to us, and this is not just like theoretical. Yeah. This is deeply spiritual. In Revelation, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Annie, come on, do a quick (laughs) theology check on me. Do a Google check. Okay, ready? (laughs) Revelation 12.10. Make sure I'm correct correct in saying that. I I believe. Revelation 12.10, that the enemy is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's right. You're right. And so Jesus has already brought the blood of the Lamb. We must bring the Mm -hmm, word of mm -hmm. our story, our experiential wisdom, connecting what we go through with the truth of God that can set us free. When you do that, that is not only powerful, it's deeply biblical. And so, yeah, I'm really passionate about helping people turn their story into a message that will help other people. Yeah. And will y'all do another round of it? We will. Up? Okay, so they can go to bookproposalbootcamp.com. That's right. And that's where we'll be. Um, I love you so much. It's Revelation 12, 11. 10 and 11. <laughs> but at least I got the chapter right. I mean, you could not have been closer, but I am right. preemptively dealing with the comments that we would have gotten in the— Right. So. Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. 10, 10B into 11. She was—you were right, and You're there was more. You're getting so technical. <laughs> I'll give it to you. you did. Theologian I mean, I didn't Annie. didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. No, I wanted you to do it. That's why I said, quick, check it. I did Google it. Joel's um, not here. We yeah, Joel's it. not here. I need it. Okay, the last question we always ask. Well, for stars, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want us to cover? Annie, we could sit here for days. Uh, I know. But I know. you know what? You're amazing. You did oh, perfect fine. with this interview. So no. Oh, thanks. We left it all on the table, yeah, girl. Well, thank you for what you've taught us and for what you're writing in this one, too. I just feel like it is... It is the book of the winter. It is the one we need next. It is the one, and whether it's winter temperature-wise when you're listening to this or winter in your life, Mm. this is the book of the winter that we need. And so I'm really thankful. Um, The last question we always ask, you know this because you've done this. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what y'all are doing for fun. Okay, Annie, my kids and my husband have done something so crazy. Okay. They have opened up a gym. You're 645. Yes. Is it in y'all's town? So it's in our town. Okay. Yes, it's definitely in our town. And it's this big family project. The gym is called Reinvent. And it's a place where people can come who have always kind of dreaded working out. But um, we guarantee that this will be the best part of their day. Wow. I know. And it is proving to be true. Annie, I actually look forward to to my strength training classes. What makes it so fun? I think because it really has given me the confidence that I'm doing something that will work. Yeah. And I'm with my friends. Yes. And someone else is telling me what to do, and they're pushing me beyond what I would do for myself. Yes. So, um, and it's perfect coming out of quarantine where, you know, COVID-19 is like the number of pounds that so many of us gained. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, how many people last week did you hear them say, I think if this election doesn't hurry up, I'm going to get to 271st. I know. <laughs> Yes. I got so tickled about that. So Pretty yes. much. So, um, but yeah, so it's called Reinvent Fitness. Mm-hmm. And um, it's amazing. It, it's as much for my physical health as, I mean, it's as much for my mental health as yes. it is my physical health. Yes. It's really important. But I'm old, Annie. You know, I've crossed over into my 50s now. Yes. And you lose <laughs> That's muscle. That's not old. 
you lose muscle quickly. And so it's really good. I really like it. But reInvent Fitness, and it stands for Re-Energize Your Body, Rejuvenate Your Workout, Reimagine Your Future. Oh, I love it. ReInventFitness.com. Okay. If you're in Charlotte, yeah, you've got to yeah, come. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. And our say, our we have a little cheer we do at the end of the class, uh-huh. and it goes, meet me at re. That's <laughs> so good. Meet that, me at re. That does make it more fun. You're See? right. Well done. Best part of your day. Well done. Meet me at re, Annie. Meet me at re. Hey, listen, when I'm in Charlotte, next time I'm coming. You I'll better. come to six, at 645. I can do that. <laughs> That's good. We're done before 8 o'clock, right? I mean, 100%. Yeah, as long as it's not two hours. I can it's do not. It. Okay, 45 okay. minutes. Okay. Best part of your day. Thanks for doing this. You're the I appreciate best. you. Oh, friends, isn't she amazing? I know. I just love her. I'm so thankful for her honesty and her wisdom and her direction. Just think the world of her. Make sure you get a copy of Lisa's new book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And also follow Lisa if you don't already. Tell her thank you for being on the show today. And if you enjoyed this conversation with her, you may want to go back and listen to her on episode 126. But I bet you'll also really like episode 106 with Shelly Giglio and episode 121 with Jonathan Pitts. So be sure to check those out. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, even on YouTube at Annie F. Downs TSF. All the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And Monday night at a party. And I hope you'll be there with us. Again, that is Compassion.com slash TSF birthday party. Y'all, it's going to be so fun. Special guests, giveaways, great content. We're going to have a blast. I hope you will join us and sponsor a kid to help Compassion. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday for the That Sounds Fun birthday party episode with our sweet friend, Natalie Grant. See you guys on Monday. Monday.